Hello and welcome to this episode of the Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall. And as always, this is the spot where I interview people who are out to enhance the lives of physicians, especially in Canada. This is where I talk to people around about such topics such as health, wealth, relationships, well-being, side hustles, practice management, and much more. Now, there are a few big changes that I want to make sure you are aware of. So first off, as always, you can head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com. That's G-A-L-E-N helpsdocs.com to sign up for the financial literacy challenge I've created, a series of videos and a worksheet uh, where I tackle big questions I get around finances, like how to make the most of the medicine professional corporation, what are the different types of insurance and investments I should be looking at in Canada, and then pitfalls I see around retirement planning in Canada. So head on over for that. And once you do sign up for that, you'll be on my mailing list and you'll be the first to know when I have a new episode out or when I have a new whiteboard video out where I'm making complex financial concepts simple. Now, big news, if you do have on over the site, you're going to see that there's a new button there where you can book a free, no strings attached consult with me. That's for anyone who's saying, look, Galen, I love the idea of your videos. I love the idea of the workbook. I'm not sure I'm going to find time for all that. I just have one big burning question I'd love answered, or I want some of your time to answer these questions. Head on over there. If you want to get in touch with me, if you want to spend some time and ask me a question, be sure to head on over there and book a spot. Last big, big announcement, huge one. I have started recording masterclass sessions with my guests. So we are covering amazing topics such as how to start a side business quickly, important concepts around money mindset, and much more. And those videos are only available when you sign up for the challenge. There's a section in there in the membership site was the masterclass series. So when you get to the end of an episode and you hear me talking about the masterclass session that I'm about to film with the the guest, that's where you're going to find it. So thanks so much for tuning in for these updates and on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and tonight I am joined by Dr. Sarah Smith. First off, Dr. Smith, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. And in case anyone doesn't know who you are, I'll give you a quick intro, and then we'll start with the questions to learn exactly how you help doctors in an amazing way. So for anyone who doesn't know, Dr. Sarah Smith is the charting coach for physicians and a practicing rural family physician in Alberta. Sarah is the founder of the Charting Champions Program, helping physicians in the specific area of getting home with their charting done. I imagine lights, eyes light up when they hear that. Sarah has a passion for reducing burnout and overwhelm, resulting from the administrative burden of clinical medicine, using evidence-based coaching to help physicians find their most simple solutions within the clinical environments that they work in. Amazing. And Sarah is married to to her husband of 21 years and has two sons and lives on a small farm. Evenings and weekends are for enjoying pursuits such as farming, exploring, reading, and coaching. Amazing. So let's kick it off. Let's start it off with something powerful here. You let you help doctors get home with their charting done. Right. Exactly. That's what I love that you do. That sounds impossible to me. Well, not impossible, I should say, but like I'm like, how is that possible? So what I'd love to know is like what what got you interested in this specific way of helping physicians? Absolutely. Great question. So that came out of a personal journey of pain uh, where I wasn't able to get home with my charting done 15 years as a family physician uh, and still not able to tell my husband when I would be home. Um, If he did text me, because I've continuously forgotten to text him, when are you home? I would head home knowing that that just meant it wasn't done. It would be starting again at 8 p.m. and finishing when it finished. Um, and I'm like, it should be, it should get better, shouldn't it? Um, mm. And just my journey of finding the tools to help me finish my charting, find a su- suitable system for my paperwork, 
get home with everything done. And so it just, so life-changing. It was a matter of, I loved my patients and I hated the job when I couldn't get on top of all of the hard work. Um, and so when I figured it out, I'm like, I'm going to have to share this with others. So that took me back to school to become a certified life coach. And I specialized in the area of charting um, and paperwork and in the office efficiency of physicians. So that is why I'm the charting coach. So I passed the way through, you could say, sounds based like out of my own pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you, you had this this problem of getting home and not being done at all and like yeah. loving your patients, but hating the job and then yeah. cracking the code. It sounds like yeah. on having that shift for you and then turning around and helping others. That's amazing. Yeah, sure. And one of the, one of the, um, one of the, the links that I would love to understand better is like you say, charting coach, life coach. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear charting to me, it just sounds like I've got a finite amount of paperwork that's going to take me X amount of time and there's <laughs> nothing I can do to change that. Like that's my bare bones understanding yeah. as I'm sitting here yeah. right now. So I'd love to know. It sounds like you found that connection there or something there that can actually shift that away from a very linear thing. I, but I'd love to hear how that, how yeah. you connect those things. So uh, I had to use a general life coach to help me with my charting problem because there wasn't any charting coaches at that time. And the physician coaches that existed at the time were helping me leave medicine, but weren't actually helping me in the math of the day. So like you say, paperwork is a math problem uh, and you understand numbers quite well. So (laughs) better than me, I'm expecting. So you've got 21 patients or 40 patients or 12 patients booked in for the day. And every patient needs paperwork done after the consultation. So that is just recording what happened as the chart note. Then you've got all the documentation that goes with that, like a referral to a specialist, all the forms that need to be completed for the patient. Then you have you know, three days later, they go for their blood work. The blood work comes in and now you have to figure out how you're going to call the patient. And so physicians can count on the patient number and that there's a chart that needs to be sorted out. But when the patient gives them 10 things to do in the consultation, now we're getting homework because we have to do that form later and that referral letter later and that requisition later. And so now we have to create time for those other pieces that have to happen out of this encounter. Plus there's all this incoming Incoming patient messages, incoming results, incoming everything that is from the specialist that you sent them to. Now there's a letter back. So everybody's generating paperwork and everybody's receiving paperwork. Mm. So there's so physicians typically when I start working with them, they're thinking of all this inbox stuff as random activity. They're not even calculating the math of their day. And then there's the drama. So there's the math problem and the drama problem. So what's actually happening is you see the patient and then it's time to do the chart note because often physicians aren't getting the chart note done in the room. They might have some of it done, but not all of it done. So they head back to their office and on the way, three people come and ask them a question. Then they sit down to do the chart note and they open up the computer and there's all these blinky things. There's 161 things to read right now in your inbox. Plus there's 25 messages that just came in and there's often post-it notes on your monitor and there's stuff all over the desk. So they're not getting to the chart note. They're like, I got to do that. Then I got to do that. And then they look at that and they're like, I don't have time to do that right now. So they close it and they see that one thing five times before it's done. Mm. Even though it's a math problem, it's a math problem times five. 
Mm-hmm. So there's always something more important than the note right now. So the note gets put off to later. What does that mean? It means homework. It means you're doing it tonight at eight or nine or one in the morning or two in the morning. Then you become sleep deprived. Then tomorrow's productivity goes down the hatch. And every time you're interrupted, so if somebody asks you a question in the corridor, you've got to have five questions answered before you can answer their question. You're like, mm. what am I doing now? How far behind am I? Can I do that quickly? Do I have to open the chart to figure that out? If I open the chart to figure that out, what is the consequence for my day? Well, just put that on my desk. I'll do it later. So now you've got this burden, decision-making fatigue happening because somebody asked you a question in the corridor, which adds to the thousands of decisions that physicians are making every day. So we've got to keep them in a system that works for them in the clinical environment that they work right? So we start to be really curious who's interrupting you and why, why are you thinking that that blinky thing in the corner is more important than the chart note? Now, if you can see the patient and do the note, you offload it out of your brain. And now Mm. you're more focused on the next person. So it's so valuable to physicians to understand the math, like you said, and the drama that goes with it and start being more focused on that well, how could I do business better? How could I, if I actually sat back and looked at my clinical day, what could I make different that could make this so much better, smoother, easier for me? The executive, because they don't even think of themselves as the executive. They're like abdicating responsibility to the people at the front. Like, but they keep giving me messages. I'm like, well, why don't you tell them not to? Like, you know, teaching them different ways to mm. deal with those messages, empowering your staff so you don't get 15 messages. It's all possible. That's well, I was going to I was gonna ask you if part of the strategy is just for the doctor to wear blinders while they run down the hallway and like not have anyone interrupt them. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I'm even you describing that has like me anxious. I'm like sitting here thinking about how anxiety inducing that must be to go to a desk and just feel like there's just too many things to do. And that thing that you were going to get done right then and there can't get done anymore, that charting. And like you said, then it gets put off until it sounds to me like it, it, what ends up happening is the doctor just puts it off until a point in time when they're not going to be interrupted. Like, okay, Mm. I'm home. Everyone's asleep. Now I can finally do this thing because before that they felt like they couldn't do it. Like they, they had that in, you know, potentially, I guess, self-imposed limitation that this is a kind of thing that I can't get done because there's too many other things pulling on me right now. Yeah. It's really hard to explain to your family this paperwork thing. Well, what are you doing? Paperwork. But your patient slept three hours ago. Yeah. It's like, so the doctor knows exactly what that means, paperwork. They're like, yeah, you should see there's pile A and there's pile B. And then there's my three inboxes plus my two email accounts plus the patient messages. It's like, just give me five. Yeah. (laughs) Hours that is, not five minutes. Right. (laughs) And the spouse is like, but the patients left two hours ago and your hours of work are eight or five. I don't understand. Yeah. Doesn't commute. And so there's this real burden and then the final patient leaves and you just get this relief you're like oh finally the patients have gone I'm not running into the next room because there's a patient waiting and then they're going to grump at me and look at me crazy and think that I'm you know slacking off all day and then so you're like oh relief and then you're like (laughs) open the computer okay now I have 17 charts 169 results 15 letters, 25 messages, and all the emails from the patients. But which one do I start with first? And you start looking around. You just become overwhelmed. It's just 
overwhelming. You don't know where to start. So that's when people will be, you know, grabbing their Facebook or Sudoku mm-hmm. or another cup of coffee or a chat in the hallway because they just don't know where to start. Yeah. So it's not even that there's 300 things to do. It's 300 things to do and I'm overwhelmed and I don't mm-hmm. know where to start and I've got to get home and cook dinner and pick up the kids. So I can't even do any of it right now. Right. And that sounds like when that math problem gets compounded, like that finite number of tasks feels insurmountable and yeah. then stack on the life, um, yeah. you know, anything that's going on in life outside of the clinic. And that just comes yeah. over unbearable. And it's kind of funny. It reminds me of a, a like a, a video slash meme I saw the other day where it was a uh, porky, it was a hedgehog that was like rolling up into a ball and then just rolling down a hallway. And the caption said, me when I have too many things to do. <laughs> Where it's like, you can do a certain number of things, but then when it passes a certain point, it's like, nah, I'm going to scroll mindlessly through social <laughs> media because now I'm overwhelmed and I can't manage yeah. this anymore. And uh, and then so nobody... The, yeah, that's the life coaching part is we help manage your mind so that then we can actually come up with the strategies that will help you and you can follow through with them. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, because then nobody's getting the best of uh, the doctor. Like the patients aren't getting it. The family isn't getting it. They're not getting the best of themselves. They're getting an overworked, overwhelmed version of themselves. Wow. Okay. So what I'd love to know then is um, which types of doctors do you find are the most that benefit the most from this approach? Is it there certain specialties that benefit the most from it? I mean, I feel like different ones must have different levels of charting needs. Yeah. So actually, anyone who can who can identify with that story. Can, can benefit from it. Right. So if they are um, doing charts in the evening, then they can benefit from it. So it's typically, like you say, family physicians, pediatricians, but definitely obs and gynae, uh, neurologists, rheumatologists, pulmonologists, they all see patients in clinic and then they have notes to complete. Um, oncologists, like it really is something that physicians, if they're struggling, if they're not getting home as the last patient leaves and they can go home, that's when we can help them. So it's anyone who identifies with, yeah, I'm doing charting on weekends. The other interesting thing about this is they're under earning Mm -hmm. because now they're taking the the money that they earned from their patient and they're spreading it into hours later as well. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that because I was thinking like suddenly your hourly rate gets diluted diluted because it's like it's no longer just that those hours of of actual you know during the day it's like oh never mind now that's diluted by an extra 25 percent more hours per day which definitely above and beyond the family impact and the personal like health impact there's the Mm -hmm. financial impact obviously yeah in fact Mm. a lot of physicians tell me it's one-to-one when they first come to me so the page whatever the patient encounter was whether it was half an hour there's another half an hour of work after well right So if you're not doing your work at the time of seeing the patient, you are definitely losing money. And then if they're not doing charting for weeks or months, which I have, um, the physicians I look after are coming to me with a backlog because they have these unfinished charts which mount up and then they can actually pass by billing dates. So they're not even earning any money for that encounter now. Now that's really not fun for them. Those things. And so now that we've spent some time in what I would consider to be like a very anxiety inducing picture of one-to-one of being interrupted in the hallway (laughs) of coming home stressed out, knowing that you're going to have to stay up hours and hours later than your family. 
what is it what what can it look like for someone once yeah. they've got all this under control like i would love to stop feeling the anxiety even i'm feeling by proxy at this moment for these doctors <laughs> just by spending some time and what does it look like once they've got it figured out yeah so the physicians tell me they don't dread work anymore which is mm. so valuable right they're actually having evenings and weekends to be the mom or the dad that they want to be they're actually exercising again some of the physicians I look after haven't exercised in five years because every minute is taken up with this blinking paperwork and charting, um, reading a book, taking up hobbies, taking up a side gig. That's what I did. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finished. I see the patient. All the notes are done. The patient leaves and five minutes later, I'm out the door. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. And so what that does is it gives you all this amazing time that you never had. And then suddenly you've got time to go back to school and become a life coach and start a business and understand the business world and learn all the business language and start being an entrepreneur and all the things that went with that. So over the last uh, three years, I've been doing that journey in addition to my working. So I work and I do the side gig. So it frees physicians up to do other pursuits. And it doesn't have to be a side gig like me. It can just be taking up marathon running or reading a book or just enjoying being a parent, right? So that's what it can look like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like they get, it sounds like those those doctors are getting control over their time again. And then like living a more fulfilled life of actually mm-hmm. spending that time freed up to do, like you said, someone who hasn't worked out in five years now has the time to do so. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really awesome. I love it. And To me, it sounds so straightforward, like in the sense of if this method, you know, this method works, takes people from like overwhelmed and like, you know, strapped for time to having uh, extra time. I'm like, I don't know, I guess part of me is like, that's, that just sounds to me like everyone should be looking at figuring this out if it's, uh, if it's such a common problem and, uh, and uh, a possible solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So we want to just start wherever they're at and we optimize that. So if they're typing notes, we improve how efficient they are with their typing of the notes. If they're dictating, we help them be more efficient with their dictating. If they're ward rounding with um, patients in hospitals, we figure out their solution for how to get that charting done um, so that we're working right where they are. We're not looking to change their um computer system or how many staff they have or how many patients they're seeing. In fact, a lot of the physicians I look after have gone from four an hour to three an hour to two an hour patients just to try and keep up with this paperwork. So they're Mm. even losing money there. So once we get that system sorted out for them, find their most simple solution, then they can start to increase the number if they want to. So that's another way that physicians can improve their financial situation as well. Yeah, because that's part of like when when you're talking about making it better, one of the first things just popped in my mind is you well, you have to hire another person. Like that's what I was that's my first thought when you were talking about this overwhelmed physician it was like, well, just hire another person, hire another person. And yeah. it doesn't sound like that's necessarily the best. No, the best because way the to thing about it. the other person is th- these are executives. They're the ones making the executive decision. So physicians are the decision makers for the patient. They understand the patient. Patient, they understand the clinical reasoning and what steps have to happen. But you're right, they're doing a lot of the non-physician work as well. So they're often being their secretary as well, sneakily, like figuring out which documents work for this form 
is not physician work. So we actually start to show them where they can buy time with Mm. using their staff more appropriately and offloading some of the things. But much of what they have, most of what's in that inbox is theirs. They're the only ones who can do that work. So it isn't just hiring another person. And you think, oh, just grab a scribe. That'll fix everything. A Mm. scribe is someone who writes down what happened in the room. Mm. The funny thing about scribes is it doesn't fix the problem either because now you have somebody who doesn't know how you work, doesn't know what you did, doesn't know how to write it down right. So you have to train them. So we can use scribes. If somebody's got a scribe, we'll help them figure out the best way to onboard them so they can do the work and reduce your time. But it's not inherently easy just to hire someone else. That would just be amazing. But unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, hire someone who (laughs) automatically knows how to do everything. Well, yeah. And I mean, I love what you said about meeting the doctor where they are, like whatever system they're using, finding out what is potentially not optimized with that existing system. And it's kind of funny. I didn't mention this to you before we hit record, but I actually used to be a medical transcriptionist for a shoulder surgeon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. When I worked, yeah, do you when know I, what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do know. I used to type like, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a lot. I would, I would spend a lot of time typing and I got, I yeah. made, made me a very fast typist, which is kind of nice. And but yeah, I'd listen to him dictate and I would type and uh, type it all out and like send it back. So I know a lot about reverse Delta prosthesis, shoulder surgery. Like, well, I know the words. I don't know a lot about how it actually works. I just know the words, subluxation and whatnot. Um, yeah, well, now you know what a chart note is too, because that's exactly yeah. charting. So that has to be done after every encounter. Yes. Plus anything else he was ordering, like the x-rays had to be ordered or read or the reports read. And yeah, exactly that. Yeah, so I guess I have more insight into charting than I realized. Do. Yeah, and I mean, the, sy- the system he were used was just like a recorder. This is years ago, so I'm sure there's lots more mm-hmm. options. Or even, you know, I remember at the time it was, um, you know, um, uh, voice recognition recognition yes. technology was starting to take off. Yes. Uh, but his thing was he'd talk into this thing, he'd plug it in, and then I'd download this piles of uh audio notes and i always remember thinking like i wish it would just upload as he goes because sometimes he'd forget a day or two and he'd plug it in and i never knew like i it could be a saturday morning and i just get this like like long list and some of them were like 18 19 pages depending on if it was like a a workers comp sort of uh uh analysis of like that could be like an 18 page document like you had an orthopedic surgeon dictate 18 pages that's impressive that's going to be their whole yearly word count. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I liked those. I got paid I a lot. I don't think they would enjoy that sort of chatting for the most majority of the days. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no. So, so yeah, no, I can see that. So, awesome. So, it sounds like, you know, maybe some of those, maybe some of those solutions are not as straightforward, like having the scribe or, mm-hmm. you know, but it sounds to me like, and it's cool because I thought maybe you would prescribe a system necessarily, but it no. sounds like you're fairly flexible as to yes. if there's a system, how do we optimize the optimize existing it. one? Yeah, <laughs> we want simple, simple solutions because anything that's like, they're going to be signing up for change. So change is difficult and uncomfortable, mm. but what they've got right now is super uncomfortable. They don't like charting after the patients have gone. They are not enjoying that evening and night charting at all. This is overwhelming and uncomfortable. Making change is also uncomfortable and it's it's a path, right? So having somebody there helping you out along the way is so much easier. Can they do it on their own? Of course they can. Of course mm. they can figure this out on their own. If they eat, so once you understand it's possible, mm. it's possible to get home with your charting done, some of you will figure it out. And I think that's 
awesome. And then a lot of you will be like, nope, I have no idea how to do this. Because I asked mentors my whole career. I was like, how do you do the paperwork thing? How do you do the paperwork thing? And they're like, just come in on Sunday. I'm like, no, that's not the answer I want. I don't want to come in on Sunday. That is not it. That is not how we do this. And they were like, what do you mean? That's not how we do this. That's how we do it. I've been doing this for 30 years. That's how you do it. I'm like, no, there's got to be a better way than that. That's not right. So once you understand thinking about how we do business, not just being in the busyness of the day, the time to figure it out is not when we're seeing patients every 10 minutes, the time to figure it out, you take yourself for a big long walk or you hop in the shower or you just sit, simply sit and think about how does your day run? Why? You know, if your first patient's supposed to start at nine o'clock, why are you walking in the room at six minutes past nine? Because your whole day is now compounding minutes. Mm. How many minutes are we spending in the room and why? Where do those minutes go? How long are we spending charting? How, where do those minutes go? Like we're really starting to be so curious with every aspect of their clinical day. So they feel like they've got it as neatly sorted out as they can for them. So it is different for every physician. Well, I love what you said about like first first understanding that it's possible because mm-hmm. when you were getting started and asking people, it's like, it's not possible. Like this is not the option. The option is to come in Sunday, stay late, take it home. Like these yeah. are all the, the given options that everyone's signed up for. And you're like, no, like, no. so I, I feel so like that first step is to know it's possible and yeah. then figure out how to get there and, uh, you know, seek support if necessary yeah. to make it happen. Exactly. And so, I mean, maybe like, I'm curious as to, you know, if you can give us, you've given, I think you've, you've given us some insight into the process of, yeah. you know, looking at where, where they are, how to optimize. You've yeah. mentioned that to, to the time to figure it out is not when you're in the thick of it yeah. and like middle of the day, burnt yeah. out, like freaking yeah. out. Cause you're late. Now you're really late to every a meeting yeah. <laughs> or appointment. Um, so like, what is, can you tell us a little bit more about maybe like your process or what does it look like for someone if they say, Hey, I would love to work with, with mm-hmm. you as a charting coach. Like you, I think you've taken us through some of the process, but is there, I feel like uh, if you could share some more of that with us, that'd be yeah. really cool. So, so when I, I have a program for physicians and it's got modules and we talk about how to get your charting done after every patient, because after every patient is exactly the right time to do the charting when it's fresh. And it's simple and it's the the fastest it's going to be all day because it's just happened. And a lot of physicians are like, have obstacles to that. And the obstacles are just the math. Mm -hmm. There's a patient waiting. Okay, that's just an obstacle. If that's your biggest reason why this won't work for you, we can overcome that one, right? So we just take each of the obstacles that they come up with in their brain. It's like, but my brain says letting a patient wait for another two minutes is a terrible thing. It's like, it's a two minute wait, right? Or it's a five minute wait. And if your charting is going to take 10 minutes, we have to account for that within the whole appointment. So we know, okay, your charting takes 10 minutes, no problem. Let's figure out how we're going to make that happen and see your patients on time, right? So we can work on that. Then we talk about the consultation and we talked a bit about where are the minutes and seconds going? What are you doing over and over and over and over thousands of times a day that you could potentially with a 10 minute trick, try and figure out like a template or a, um, a pre-ordered set for that particular condition, something that'll save them seconds. They're like, but it only takes me 30 seconds. Yes. Times 21 times every day all year. So it's finding the math problems How to handle, like leading the session is when a patient says, hey, here's problem number four. 
why that isn't of good value to the patient or you right now today. Mm. So having a strategy for how to lead the session, um, a strategy for inboxes. So as I said, opening your inbox between patients and you see 161 things and you open the first one, you're like, that's going to take me 10 minutes. Well, I don't have time right now. So you close it again is not the time to do inboxes. Mm-hmm. And I told you that they think of that as random work. It's like work that just has to happen. So we start being curious. Well, how long do you spend on your inboxes each week? And where could we fit that in? Because if you had the time to just go bang, bang, bang through each of them, then you could just get them done rather than open it, close it, open it, close it, open it, close it five times before <laughs> you ever get to it. And so we, rather than kicking around the ball, we just get to work and we close all of those. And then we're curious when we're in the inboxes, where are you pausing and why? So what? Do you, so you'll close things as you see them and then you'll stop and you'll be like, oh, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. We want to know the answer. Once we know the answer of what you do for that problem, then it won't pause you each time. So we we look for the pauses and we make rules around the pauses. What's your rule for that? How are you going to fix that? And so that's why it's so individual because every clinic is going to do things a little bit differently, but it's always a pause. And we can start to make those pauses shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. And then interruptions, the hallway interruptions, like Mm -hmm. Physicians will tell me it's not possible to change my staff. I'm like, hang on. Now, listen, even if we could reduce some of those interruptions, it's going to reduce your decisions by 100 a day. So how could we batch them somehow? Like we start being really curious with their workspace and workflow and where could they put those things so that they wouldn't have to be in the hallway every single time you come out of the room. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I mean, it sounds like this great combination of systems and productivity and then like undoing some of that fatigue that comes from having to make all those decisions. Like I've, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of like behavioral science and behavioral economics. And um, yeah, so like I know, like I've heard that when the reason why they put the candy in the checkout at the supermarket is by then you've made all these decisions and you're fatigued yeah. and you're like, okay, I have no willpower to resist yeah. that coffee crisp bar. So I'm going to buy it now. Like that's yeah. part of why they do that. And yeah. it sounds like, you know, in a practice when someone's making, like you said, for that physician to answer the, the question in the hallway, he probably, they probably have to ask five questions. He or she has mm-hmm. to ask five questions. And it's like answering each one of those takes brain power. And yeah, yeah. so it's, um, no, I love it. It sounds, and it sounds like you're really, um, the way that you individualize it to the practice, because everyone's mm-hmm. going to do it a little bit differently. It sounds really, really cool. So mm-hmm. no, it sounds like you've, you've struck uh, quite a, quite a magic <laughs> secret, the secret sauce for, <laughs> for making physicians lives better. Yeah. That's my fa- my favorite, my favorite question from physicians is, what do I do with myself? Mm. But all this time now <laughs> it makes me laugh and cry at the same time. I'm just like, that's such a great question. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you have a problem. Oh, what a terrible problem. What do yeah. I like? <laughs> what do I like? I've never yeah. had to sit down and think about it or haven't yeah. in years potentially had to like really figure that out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good benchmark question that like, that like, you've done it, you hit it where they finally are like, Oh, I've got enough time to actually have to figure out what I want to spend my time. That's right. Oh, that's really cool. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I I wish I was a busy physician so I could be like, hey, this is, this is a problem. No, you I don't. Have. No, I don't. That's true. 
that's true. Just think of it like next time, a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not what I want (laughs) now for sure. But I'm, I'm feeling it. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, some of the things you said resonate with me, like opening my inbox when I'm not in a frame of mind to deal with anything. Yes. And it doesn't help anything because like it'll be a client who's asking something or, or a specialist who's asking something that then I need to send multiple emails yes. and then I'm going to have to wait to hear back or I'm going to have to open up three different software programs to like figure that answer out. And I just let it like slide. And when that happens, it's brutal. It just yeah. compounds. So like I'm getting a little bit like, all right, how am I managing my inbox? Because I'm not yeah. managing it as well as it sounds like you help people manage theirs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We get really, really specific when it comes to the inboxes Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have a plan ahead of time because at the end of, so if you're going to leave your inboxes to the end of the day, for instance, or that first break by then you're already tired because you've made a lot of decisions, clinical decisions for patients over and over and over and over. So your brain is not in a position to say, well, what do I do first? That is not the time to be asking that question. We have to have decided ahead of time, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do first? So that first break, they go do the things they need. They look after themselves first. Mm. And then if we're coming to batch time, so we're coming to inbox time where we've already decided ahead of time, what's the most important thing I've got to do first? Because of course, you're going to want to do the easy stuff. Of course, That won't help you in your day right? That's not the thing that's going to help you get home tonight because you know you have to answer those urgent phone calls before the end of day, but you don't want to do them. You keep putting them off because they're hard work. Yeah. But if you've decided, well, if I answered my messages first, that would make it so much more simple for going home at the end of the day. I'm going to decide to do that. And then they have a plan, a specific plan for exactly what they'll do first. So then, then they don't have that well, I don't know what I want to do first. Mm-hmm. Great argument. <laughs> yeah. The argument's Absolutely. gone. This is what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause in the moment they're not going to, you're not going to make the best decision, yeah. but if it's already there and it's like, cool, all I have to do is follow the game plan yeah. that I've already set aside like some time yeah. to figure out we're good to go. No, I love it. No, very cool. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having joined me. What is the best place for people to learn more and to get in touch with you? Like if, if, if someone's listening and saying, I definitely resonate, what can I do about it? What yeah. should they do next? So they should go to chartingcoach.ca. And that's where we have the physician program and there's a nurse practitioner program coming soon. Um, so both of them are on the website. Um, and there's also lots of freebies on the website too. So if they just want a little bit more information first, they can totally get that too. So okay. chartingcoach.ca. Very cool. Well, that's funny because my dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse practitioner. They're both retired now, so they can't. <laughs> but that's cool. That's Those are two groups of people that obviously need help. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. So again, everyone, chartingcoach.ca to get learn more, get those freebies, and start uh, taking back control of your time and then going home with your charting done. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having joined me. No problem. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Hey there, thanks so much for having joined me on this episode of the Clean Bill of Wealth. I really appreciate you taking your time and having listened to this episode, uh, whether you're multitasking, driving, walking the dog, or jogging, really, really appreciate it. As always, feel free to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com to sign up for the Financial Literacy Challenge and be added to the email list so you'll be the first to know when there's a new episode out or when I've added a new whiteboard video to the series. Also, there you'll see a button if you want to just book some time with me. If you have a big question around finances, you're not sure you're going to find the time to go through the video 
videos and the challenge and the workbook, feel free to book a no strings attached call with me. And the last big thing is if you do sign up for the challenge, you will also get access to the masterclass videos that I've started filming with my guests around things like money mindset and how to start a side business quickly and many more to come. So be sure to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com if you want to check that out. And I will see you on the next episode. Have a great day.